Hello again. We're going to try this again with my buddy Pat Hogan uh, from my fraternity days uh, about 30 something years back. 30. Oh, Christ. That's a long time ago, Pat. <laughs> yep. uh, let's see. 2018. No, you don't have to do all the math. That's, uh, yeah. We don't. I, think I, I hate 35. reminding them how old I am. Especially late, since I spoke to you, I think I talked to like two girls and they were combined age. Uh, they were still <laughs> less than I am by about yeah. four years, five years. So, <laughs> I'm, uh, th this episode is this is episode 109, the lost episode, uh, Delta Iota. Right, Pat? Yes. And that's the name of our chapter. We we didn't throw we we decided that would be a good idea because we won't be indemnifying our group as much. Yes. And uh, Pat, uh, Pat, you live up in Hollywood right now. Hollywood, Florida. Uh, but I have lived uh, not all over the world, but I lived in uh, Asia and Las Vegas, and of course up north in Jersey and Pensy. Yeah. And Hawaii for a spell. Yeah, and we we uh, went to school in Philadelphia. Yes, Drexel 35th University. Race. Drexel University. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And what could be better than the, the, our experiences back in the fraternity days? It was just. Uh, I think I'm going to turn off my headphones so I don't hear my voice talking back. You hear me still, Pat? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Good. Okay, I don't need to hear myself. Um, at 35th and race, uh, it was mainly, we were mainly a beer group. We weren't, you know, hard yeah. liquor. Not like University of Pennsylvania. No, I mean, we, we did, well, first of all, hard liquor was, hard liquor was too expensive for college kids, number one. Yeah. And when we did want to do something exciting, it was uh, grain alcohol, which you'd mix with Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, we had a pretty sweet setup there, you know, because it, Drexel was an engineering school. Uh, the fraternity house had a, they built a keg cooler and when they would deliver beer, it was, it was funny because, uh, I mean, kind of brings you back to this Brett Kavanaugh days. Uh, you could have like yeah. some 19 year old, 19 year old kid receiving the beer delivery from, yeah, from some, some guy from a co company that was just deliver kegs to you. We used to get kegs of, um, uh, was it just right to the basement window? Bud, Bud and Miller or something like that? What I forget. Oh no, we couldn't afford those. No, no, no. We would drink Schmitz, uh, Genesee, whatever the cheapest ones were. I remember they were they were like twenty two dollars a keg or something like that. It was pretty cheap. Wow, twenty two dollars a keg. Beer you could get. Yeah. yeah. And I remember they had this elaborate system for uh the kegs, you know, yeah, it was cool. basically like a walk-in refrigerator. They were using air conditioners to kind of make the the, the enclosement cold on the inside, and then the uh, the tubes with the beer would run out of that refrigerator unit along the ceiling, insulated along the ceiling of the basement, and then down the post and into this large, too large cooler. Thing to cooler, cooler. I believe they had these these aluminum coils in them. Yeah. And, and they never, they you know, never put, they never put ice in it. No, they did. You, yeah, you pack it in ice. You pack the coils in ice, and then as the beer comes out of the tap, it's actually so cold that it's got ice crystals forming on top of the beer. It was the coldest yeah. beer on campus. 
Oh, really? It was ingenious. Yes, uh, it was ingenious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great setup. Oh, man. I, I tell people about that all the time, that setup. I don't remember day, that I as much. I don't, I, I don't re, uh, recall that. Well, because as a, pledge, as a pledge, I had to be behind the bar pouring the beers on a lot of the parties. And uh, so that's how I got to know the system. <laughs> and I had yeah. to tap a lot of kegs and I had to accept a lot of deliveries. I told you I was one of those. Uh, I was one of those spring spring uh, pledge class guys. Right. And there was only four. I think four of us. Dave. Oh, see. So yeah, Linda, you were a prime then. Dave, Linda, and uh, Rob. Yeah. And uh, Dave, Linda, and Rob, and I. And uh, I. I got. I think I came in two weeks after everyone. Nice. I know, I know. They came in. It was Doug and uh, Kevin Richelson. They all came in. My these uh, guys, the, my, these friend, friends in our fraternity house. They came in, and what happened? Uh, I, I won't give all the secrets away, but I felt kind of bad coming in late in the season. You know, and I only had like a, it was only ten week terms, and we had it. It was an eight week pledge class. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I. You know, I had my ROTC and stuff like that, and uh, I think uh, I didn't I didn't hang out as much. I'd be there during the parties, but I I don't remember pouring too many beers. Uh, I was lame. I was a lame pledge. Well, they might I have had very few signatures, but I I showed up for a hell weekend. Yeah. You know, I think I, I swallowed a goldfish or two, and they didn't, they were they weren't doing that. I think I. I just jumped ahead and did that, but we're not trying to give away all our secrets there. Oh, I uh, think I think every fraternity in the country has some form of a goldfish. Yeah, thing going on. Yeah, I, uh, I now to this day I I wouldn't. Oh God, I kind of regret that because I'm more Buddhist now. You know, it's on a live it's on a live fish. You know. Going down, he must have thought, "Oh, what the hell? Where am I going now?" Okay, we had uh, uh, that was a, a, a having a fish tank in a fraternity was a precarious, uh, you know, kind of life for the fish. If you think about it, you have all these parties, and yeah, uh, and fucking people are walking around with their uh, uh, beer and, and spill it in the tank. Yeah, they just pour it in the tank, you know. And it, but there was yeah. always that one fish that lived, the Oscar. Uh, that lives in our yes. tank, always survived. Every yes. other fish would die, and there's one. There was one fish that always lived, you know. And uh, it was kind of cool, you know. I mean, why why a bunch of guys would want a fish tank anyway? What? Uh, Somebody you know? must have come up with the idea. I'm not sure of the origin, how long it was there before I got there, but or how long it lasted after I left. Yeah, I mean, we there were some strange. Uh, we had some interesting people in there, and and we, remember we, it was JC, and yeah. uh, JC I think he was in his late twenties, kind of. Yeah, when I when I was there, he was he was the guy that was like a perpetual college student. Like he should have graduated years before I arrived, but he was still there. And like, he, he was, was supposed he should have graduated before I even came in this before I showed up. Like some. There were guys right, right. graduating the year I before I arrived that were that remember were in with him the whole time. So I think he was uh, right. 
Right. I think it was 30 or something like that. Could have been. And then there was a guy in your class. We talked about that before, too, the big dude. Uh, what was his name? You said you remembered his name. Hold on. Oh, the, the older gentleman, John, John Bear. Yeah, John Bear. Yeah, and he yeah. kind of like an old school. He was that guy, you know, just. Yeah, I, I think he was a, a senior in his senior year, but he was friends with a lot of the guys in the house. And I think as his final act before leaving school, he wanted to get the experience. Yeah, he's I on, think you know, he was he's a little older the, when he started college. Yeah, he's on the Facebook page, and he does you know, keep in contact with a lot of folks, too. So he's still still involved yeah. in, in that way. Yeah. Yeah, our, our chapter disappeared for how long? Was it oh, off campus? I, I want to think when that happened. It was in the, I don't know if it lasted, was it after 2000 or before 2000, but um, almost 20 years. Come back. Yeah. Yeah, that was almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think it was because the house, the lease on the house, I think, didn't get renewed or something. Oh, the, the school, the university owned the house and repurposed it. Oh really? Okay. Well, that's Something good to like know. That. Well, that's a that's good to know. You don't want any of those uh, problems hanging over. There was a couple houses that yeah, was surprised that yeah. they they stayed yeah, there around. Was, there, there, I, I remember. I recall hearing stories about one of the other houses um, having issues with drugs or something. But when when Pi Lam ended. It was because I think of the house itself. There was no physical house, yeah. and I think without, without an actual house, I think that's where the membership died off. It's kind of hard to get people to join when um, there's no house. Yeah, and then it'd be just a social fraternity, which. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. It's kind of tough. I did, You know, I was really surprised that they got the animus to to start a fraternity, considering. Uh, do you know what how fraternities are thought of nowadays? Yeah, and that's why you know, I think what our fraternity stands for is what drove them. It was able to drive people, especially in today's culture. And you think about it, when you and I joined, diversity was not a thing, right? That's what made us unique. Yeah. The fact that we take everybody. We, we weren't a Jewish fraternity. We weren't a black fraternity. We weren't a jock fraternity. Nope. We were just a fraternity, nope. and everybody was welcome. Yeah, Race yeah, we were we were like that fraternity, the one that was. Uh, oh God, what was that movie? Oh, Almost... you're thinking what? Not Revenge of the, Revenge of the Nerds. Not Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> no, actually, there was yeah, yeah, there was some nerd. We had some nerds. Yeah, I, we had some nerds, but that's we were diverse. Uh, we had some right, jocks. We right. had some nerds. Uh, right. We we had. Uh, th- no, it's a movie that wasn't as big as Revenge of the Nerds. Jeremy Piven was in it, and John Favreau was in it. And it wasn't quite a fraternity. It was just a group of people living in a house. Oh, you yeah. think old school? Not old school. Oh, old. Uh, we were more diverse than old school, you know? Yeah. yeah. But old school's pre- pretty good. If you threw a couple women in, uh, because right. the old school did, they did a couple misogyny things because they had the, you know, naked... Uh, uh, KY wrestling. Right, right, right. Right. We didn't do that, uh, which, but there were other houses that did stuff like that. And if you were into that, yeah. that's, 
that and I think nowadays I think they're just going by. They they're dying out. Those those ones. Those yeah. ones. I remember going to and I I went to a uh, uh, I was I don't want to say the name of it, but it's one of the bigger fraternities, and they had uh, hired a uh, a woman who was not. I don't even know if she was a stripper. I think she was more professional than that. Right. Yeah. Right. And that, that was, that was certainly but put on a show for the boys. Yeah. 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 And it was not a good uh, vibe there. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It was worse. Yeah. It was worse than any gentleman's club. There were very few gentlemen there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, yeah, they, my point about, yeah, my point about how they've rebuilt it today with this new, new group is that it's, I think our, our, you know, our mission statement, whatever you call it, our, our credo about this, the whole, the whole diversity thing is more relevant today than it was in the early 80s. And the guys that are joining today grew up in a different world than we did. I mean, I, my high school graduating class, I think we may have had a handful of African-Americans and maybe one or two Asian kids that were exchange students, but we were predominantly white, all white school. And mostly all Christian, with a few, uh, you know, Jewish or something. Um, But uh, but then you look at the the schools today; it's very, very diverse. And so when you grow up more diverse, you're more accepting to be, you know, you're drawn to that. That's why I think it's it's more relevant today than it was then, or when it was created. uh, At least that that particular chapter in '65. Yeah, '65. I think it was like there was just in the middle of the '60s. And there was a movement yeah. for there was a, a yeah. but it was mainly yeah. on the collegiate level where you had people coming right. out and they wanted it, you know, peace and love and and equality. And equality, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Delta Iota started out that that's the chapter. So I didn't mention our, our right. fraternity at the time. I guess it was no, Pilate. It, it was Pilate the Phi. We'll just say that. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying that. It's, it's I'm, I'm proud of it. Yeah, because yep. of that. That's why I joined. Personally, that's why I joined. Yeah, because I want. Oh, I'm proud. Oh, I'm, I'm proud. I was just. I was thinking about the yeah. service to the fraternity. I wanted to yeah. talk about yeah, not exactly. doing a disservice to them. Not. I'm not not proud of it. I remember. Uh, yeah. I remember. I didn't want to but join the fraternity have, for that. I thought it was elitist. Like yeah, we had a lot of fun like you do with a fraternity, but there were still other good things about it. Yeah, I think we had a golf night. We had a golf night one time, Bourbon Fest, we called it. I don't know. It wasn't Bourbon Fest. It was like a golf night, and each room was, you go and get your card punched in oh, each room, and they'd yeah, have a yeah, drink okay, there. Okay. And I think the room, yeah. in my room, we were drinking bourbon. Right. You know? Whoever, yeah, because whoever, whatever, whoever lived in the room had to come up with, I guess, their their drink or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a a mess. I remember that. It, it, cleaning up after yeah. a party was always fun. You know, you go and get a bucket of water, and you just at the end, you're just swishing around filthy water on the floor. But uh, yeah, it, it. I mean, that's that's the way guys lived then. You know, I think it was uh, it was pretty yeah. fun. And we did talk about the. Uh, there's different le- levels of uh, comfort levels with how people were when they were uh, using bathroom etiquette. Remember, I told you. Yes, one. yes, you brought, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I'd be sitting there brushing my teeth, and then some guy would come in and just sit down on a tank and start taking a shit. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I, God. Yeah, I could, I could never do that. Yeah, I would, no, it was Mike Hunt. Remember Mike Hunt? Yeah. yeah. And he goes, hey, he goes, hi, Jimmy, like that, and I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> I said I would do it. I was up so early. I think, oh man, these guys. You know, I come back. I'd have a cup of coffee when I go to my do my reserve yeah. thing, and then I'd come back and change out of <laughs> uniform sometime. Um, and uh, they were in there, and then that uh, because of the hot water tank issues, if you you wanted to be the first guy to get in there, because yeah, probably nine. If you between eight and nine, there was no hot water really. Right. You know, there was only what one tank for each side of the house. Yes, and it oh, wasn't correct. a huge tank, and these houses weren't meant for, you know, what, how many, 30 guys or more living in them at one time? Yeah, and, and it was funny that being a house of engineers, there were guys uh, on the lower level, they had a radiated heat, it's an older home, it was a, uh, we said it was kind of yeah. like an old old twin, right? Yeah, side-by-side house with, with a shared porch. Yeah, so... Um, one heater, if I'm not correct, or maybe two. Uh, yeah, the one heater on either side. So Yeah, radiant heat. Yeah, and, and the guys on one of the floors, they had a fan. Uh, they turned their fan over the, in the winter on the radiator, right? And they were blowing it around. And, uh, you know, in a jock fraternity, no one would know that they're stealing heat. But they were stealing heat because that – that radiator system that would go throughout the whole house. And the, when the water yeah. got up to the top, it was significantly cooler than it would have been if they hadn't had the, uh, um, because radiate, the radiated heat, just, you know, water's just flowing through and it goes back into exactly. a big circuit. But it was getting a lot yeah. cooler in, in, in that room. And that room was always hot. And they were telling them to turn the damn fan off. And it really didn't, the people say you can put a fan on yours upstairs, and they say, "Well, really, it wouldn't work because you already stole most of the heat out of it." Right. And it did feel, but they said, uh, but then they got in an argument and saying, "Well, heat rises, so it really doesn't matter because you're getting the residual heat coming off from our room." And yeah, you sure. have these arguments going back, uh, you know, this, uh, um, uh, you know, doing Bernoulli's equation on how ther- uh, air <laughs> heat is conducted. Through a surface and all that stuff, and I'm going, oh shit! Come on, just shut up and turn the fan off or something like that. Make them happy. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, that we'd had the big shared uh, meals. We had a poor. Yeah. And and that girl, they would have young, pretty girls come in to cook the meals. Every yeah, so often. Yeah, well, it depends. There was it was a they got paid to do it, so yeah. they, they would they would uh, they would do the shopping and cook the food, but then the the brothers would. Serving clean and clean up after. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I mean, these girls would come in and work and they never had a fear of doing it. You know what I mean? They just come in there and do it. No. No. Yeah. I actually yeah. did it one summer, I believe. Um, yeah. It was I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was the summertime. It was the year it was just before I left school the second yeah. time when I was living in a house. And um, whoever was living there during the summer, it was less, there was less of us, but. Um, I still, I did it for, I forget, I think whoever was, I think whoever was supposed to be cooking was, was not available for like a month or something. So I did it for like a month. 
What what was your specialty? What was your specialty for a month? Did you? I was really good with I was good with pasta. Like I could make I made like a whole crap load of meatballs in the oven and sausage. I made a big pot of marinara and just served spaghetti, meatballs, and sausage with garlic toast. That yeah, was, and you'd uh, get. I, I I make a pretty good gravy. And it was and and if you were you know if you weren't going to be around for that, you just call you know you just leave a message. Hey, could you make up a plate for me? And uh, yeah. they'd have it sitting yeah. in the fridge. I, I remember that. That was. Yep, uh, leftovers would be in the fridge. Yeah. So it, was a nice, it, it was a nice kitchen too. I mean, it was old, but it was a big kitchen. You had that big table in the middle. Yeah. Big refrigerator. You had enough burners on the stove. You had a little hood system. It was. It was pretty pretty decent sized kitchen. Yeah. I just remember the layout of it. The, uh, but then and then we had the the uh, soda machine uh, with beer. With beer, and that was what? Yep. Fifty cents. Fifty fifty cents for a beer, and the money was enough to buy to always keep replenishing the product and turn a slight profit. Yeah, yeah, it's good we didn't itself. try to do it on the uh, honor system. When I was in the Navy, we had uh, the honor system for soda. On a boat we were on, and that didn't and, go well. No, I had to run around chasing it from grown-up men, getting money from them, you know, yeah. twenty-five cents a yeah. soda. And uh, yeah. I'd have to go to one of the the officers and say, "Hey, listen, could you tell this guy? I mean, I'm nineteen years old. I'm trying to get this thirty-five-year-old uh, 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 petty officer to pay up." And he's just laughing at me, and I'm like, Come on. "You know, oh God, it's always tough." But it. That that's the way the house was. There's some of the funny things that happened. My my real life brother was Pat's pledge brother, Ted. Yes, Ted. Yeah. And Ted, and Ted was a character. And, and my roommate. Yeah. Yep. Ted, my brother had different color hair when he was in there, right? Did he have purple hair he, one time? Uh, yeah. It was it was the uh, it was the 80s. It was back when what flock of seagulls was big, and so people had weird hairdos back then. Yep. People experimented with their looks. And my brother had the, uh, the uh, yeah, yeah. He had a snake and a cat. Yeah, and a cat. Yeah. He um, had the cat when I was a roommate. Yeah. He had a, a, the snake uh, escaped the year, and they were all pissed at him when uh, the snake <laughs> got out. And and you know, engineers aren't animal biologists. They just get all freaked out around animals. They just don't. Yeah. They don't relate well. I remember. God, who was it? No, it wasn't Steve Green. It's the other dude, and he just screams in the middle of the day, screaming, real high pitch. I come downstairs, and he goes, it's a fucking rat, and it's a little tiny mouse. <laughs> it could have been a baby rat, but it was a little tiny mouse just sitting up, you know, uh, yeah. in the middle of the floor. And I said, that's a mouse, man. Come on. You know, it's not like a we had ass. We had both of them. We actually had, we had roaches. We had mice and we had rats rats were in the garbage shed oh big rats yeah well, remember we used to go out there and you'd uh you'd, you'd scare them out of the shed and as they came running out of the shed they would hit them with shovels to kill them <laughs> i don't remember that it was rats, glad rats. well you you did it when you were drunk nobody's going to go into a, a garbage shed when they're sober to scare the rats out but uh, yeah, I recall us doing that a few times. Rat Patrol. Really? Yeah. Uh, you, hey, did you ever go to? Stand, uh, go okay. 
Uh, the Rat Patrol. And, and, and what was the name of the parking lot behind us? Uh, oh, well, was it actually a formal parking lot or was it just an undeveloped piece undeveloped. of land? Undeveloped. It was just land that no one had. To. It just had rocks on it, yeah. But you could park, people park their cars up in there. Yeah, dog shit acres, they call it. There, yes, that's it. You're right. Dog yeah, shit acres. The, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- oh, I remember I was trying to, uh, I was, uh, I had my, it was, had alternate street parking one day, and I had to move my car, and I ran out, and I told the story that on the last episode, but we yeah, took it yeah, off yeah. because of bad audio. Um, I was backing down the street. Right, uh, it was it was February, backing down the street with uh, flip flops on, t-shirt, jeans, no wallet, no lights at night, and the cop comes up right behind me, and he just gives me uh, a ticket, and I had it's just a peer at court with registration and license because he didn't want to ra- wait around, and when I wait and when yeah. I went down to the municipal court, the you know, to to the uh, um, traffic court. I'm ready to present right. my license to say my license was expired. But the, the lady was so, there were so many people there presenting, she didn't even look at it. She just yeah. checked it's off the thing. And, yeah. And, uh, but I, I recall a lot of stories like that. There was only a couple stores in that neighborhood, uh, but we'd always like, every night there was another party, right? There was uh, Monday night was, yeah, a, well, there was apple pie, Tuesday night was teak. Yeah. Uh, we were Thursday. We were Thursday nights. So it was Pie Cap, I think. Or Wednesday was yes, Pie Cap. Yes, it was us, us and Pie Cap was Thursday. Of course, everybody did something on Friday, Saturday, but I believe on Friday, Saturday, we went to other people's parties. Yeah. Instead of trying, instead of trying to do our own. Well, which was great, you know, because we just do yeah. our Thursday night. We had a pretty good Thursday one going. I yeah. remember going to one, the guys at, well, my buddy Charlie was at, pie cap and it was uh it was cold it was february it's like 20 something degrees outside but the guys built uh, a wooden structure where they put a heavy plastic tarp inside it and then they ran a, a, a hose from their hot water heater and filled it up outside oh and, made it yeah they made like a hot tub or something yeah i was sitting out there with uh, a couple guys and girls who were sitting in their underwear out there in the middle of January um, thought, you know, it, God, no wonder. I mean, I can't imagine that now it's kind of gentrified there, but imagine you know, a bunch of college kids in their underwear, but that was, yeah, there were all college kids in that. There were very few people that lived oh. in that neighborhood who weren't. Yeah. Cause even, even the, most of the homes around us were rentals for, students or maybe some teachers. We yeah. did have a neighbor though that, that didn't like the noise and we used to pee on his house. <laughs> what the one the neighbor to the right, because we had oh, yeah. to the left. So yeah. Oh yeah, there were, we were on the corner. Yeah. 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 So he would complain from time to time about the noise. And when we had too much beer we'd pee on well, I think we peed on the fence, not his house, but peed on the fence facing his house. Yeah. Uh I went into the, uh, we were in the middle of West Philadelphia, and West Philadelphia is certainly an urban environment. Yeah. Uh, and I went into the Cheetah Lounge several times for drinks. 
Where was the were, Cheetah Lounge back the there? The Cheetah Lounge was the one near the bridge, the Spring Garden Bridge. Oh, I never went out that far. The, okay. Okay. No, well, it's right yeah, where the I'm art museum, either. near where the art museum came, that bridge from the art museum. What was that? What bridge was that? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't have a car, so I only did walking. Well, that was walking distance away. That was? Yeah, I don't recall yeah. You can walk, you can walk to the art museum pretty easily. It was like I a never half did. a mile. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I used to walk. <laughs> I walked from Temple to Drexel. Wow. Yeah, That's through North walk. Philadelphia. Yeah, I would walk from Temple to Drexel. I walked. I know I walked from 30th Street up, and the one night we were talking before St. Patrick's Day, we walked from Fifth and Pine all the way up. Um, yeah, we're at Fifth and Pine. To the house, or... but yeah, I don't recall. I don't recall going to the Cheetah Lounge. I know we got we went to U U of P campus a lot, and I drank a lot in Cavanaugh's too. On yeah, because that was on our campus. Yeah, Cavanaugh's was, uh, it's gone now, but that was right on Market. Was that right on Market? It was... Uh, or Chestnut. I think it was Market. It was Chestnut. Market or Chestnut, one of them. Was, and then there was a there was a restaurant be, attached. There was a bar. The, the Cavanaugh's was... Yeah, was, it was, it was, yeah, it was like a bar, but then you went through a door, and then it was a bar restaurant. They were both... Yeah, there was yeah. the Cavanaugh's, the one where only the college kids went to. Right. Or, or it's like, and then you went over to it. There was, was a like nicer a bar on the other side. Door. What? Yeah. Yeah. Because they would have, but see, the thing is, their their ID policy was not the best in the world because I was drinking there when I was 18, 19, 20. Yeah, well, uh, and, and it all almost, there were like seven, eight bars in University City you just showed your college ID to. One was. Uh, right. Uh, God, what was it? Doctor. There was Doc Pagano's. Watson's. Doc Watson's. Doc, Doc Watson, Pagano's, Cavanaugh's. Pagano's. Uh, Pagano's at 38th. Yeah, that was up on U of P's campus. Chestnut? We went there yeah. a lot too. Smoking Joe's. Yeah, Smoking Joe's. Uh, and Doc Watson's. Yeah. And that would you could get beer at the Drexel uh, Pizza. Yes. Drexel Pizza you could right. go in and get. Uh, that was pretty much it. There was, how many, wait, Cavanaugh's on either side. Right. Right? Uh, Pagano's. There was a place, God, there was a place right on UOP, two couple bars on UOP. I, uh, years later, I went to one that uh, uh, University of Pennsylvania was has a they had a very beautiful campus. Yeah. And uh, we we uh, I had my naval science classes there, my military science classes uh, there. And on Saturdays before football games, they'd have warm ups and they had uh, uh, they called them warm ups at the, uh, the, the where we met for Navy ROTC in the rec area. And they'd have like a huge tubs full of imported beer, and it was crazy cheap. It was like I don't know if it was a quarter or fifty cents. It was about the same price as the uh, we come in there with you know we come in there with five bucks and you get like ten bottles of beer. Yeah. And and then all the pen guys would go to the game, and we uh, I I think I may have went to two pen games, but um, 
I would just hang out and talk. I talked to one of the, like the secretary of the Navy one time who's hanging out. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they did. They got, you know, they got all drunk and stuff like that. And then, you know, you talk to an admiral or something like that on University of Penn campus. And there was a guy who was the director of the CIA. He was an admiral. Uh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> it's wonder how we won the Cold War, you know? When you yeah. met all these guys. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, you go in. Uh, but in those days, this is before they, uh, West Philadelphia, all those areas are all fixed up now. The train yeah. stations and everything, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. But 30th Street Station was, you, you'd go in there and there was a, it was a big deal. They put a McDonald's in it. Now they have, have you been in there recently? I was there ooh, a couple of years ago. I stayed I stayed in the city and I rented a instead of getting a car at the airport, I wanted to get one from Thirty Street Station. So I had to go up there and kind of walked around for a little while just to check they, it all they out. They had a real shady bar in there years ago. Yeah, but now they got these beautiful, you know, got like high end coffee, uh, coffee oh, yeah, bars, regular bar, cocktail yeah, cocktail lounge, a couple bars in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, more than a few, more than a few restaurants, uh, you know, flower shop, ice cream, uh, yep. fast food places all over the place. So you go into 30th Street Station, it's 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 packed now. It used to be like those areas were empty, but there's no em there's no empty spaces now. You go to Suburban Station, you don't you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, really. Uh for anything, if you're going inside there, you used to have to walk across the street. There was a bar across the street at the uh, post office. That, yep. that post headquarters was there. There was an old bar in there. I don't know if it's still in there. And uh, we, but that that was pretty cool because you're only like three four blocks away. And, right. Uh, yeah, it was funny talking to some of the girls down there though because you could tell the girls, you know, there's some. Eh, I have to say there were some good looking girls on the University of Pennsylvania campus, but it wasn't, it didn't seem like a lot of them. I don't no. know if you recall. Uh, and at Drexel, there was, a, I mean, I, I lived in the dorms and I, there was a couple really cute girls there, but I guess, and I, yeah, I know I, I wasn't in any great shakes, but some people just thought a lot of themselves a lot more themselves when they're in it. They're going to an engineering school. Yeah. Right. I mean, did they have that design school and thank God for the design yeah. school. There were some good looking girls going to design school. Right. And, and some of those business majors were hot. So, right. and, and every so often you get a pretty cute looking engineering. I dated a, a girl in high school who ended up being a, uh, I dated her in high school and she never really, we, I took her to my senior prom. She really didn't like me, Pat. And <laughs> so we never, so we went, never went out again. Right. And then I'm going to Drexel and I'm talking to my buddies and I said, Oh, I used to go out with that girl and she, she's a nice looking girl. And she, yeah, yeah. She barely talks to me. I said hi to her and all that stuff. And then I think Alice, my sister-in-law was her in the same sorority. Delta Zeta. Yeah, and she said, "Oh, she, she had a crush on you." And I said, "Really? She never, she never talked to me <laughs> after that." I'm like, "Is that an odd way?" I'd see her. I think she ended up being a, um, 
some mechanical engineer for Bell and Howe, the uh, wow. helicopter nice. manufacturer. Yeah. yeah. Pretty high-end stuff when he worked for the Defense Department. But uh, right. how about how about the friends you made there? Yeah, you still in touch? I mean, you and I obviously are in touch. Well, my, my friends, I didn't really have a lot of friends outside of the fraternity. Uh-huh. A couple of the people that I knew from the dorms joined other fraternities. Yeah. Um, but most of my most of my college friendships were from the fraternity. Uh-huh. Um, and look, I mean, like like most things, when I I moved on, I, I didn't graduate. I left before. You know, graduating, it just, for some reason, college just wasn't for me at that time in my life. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I went off, I just started working, and my jobs took me one place to the other. Before you know it, I was living in Hawaii and moved back, you know, from Hawaii, moved to Vegas, and, you know. And, you know, before the Internet, I, I had no way of getting a hold of people. There was a couple times I ran into, I think, through just through snail mail, a few folks had my address and kept in touch with me. Um, I did, I did see Ted, um, in the early nineties, I believe I visited him. Uh, he was down in Towson, Maryland by then. And, and, uh, I was in his wedding, as you know. So, uh, and there was a few other folks from my pledge class that I, I kept in touch with, but after a while, it just, you just move on. You, your life takes over. And, and, uh, once, once Facebook came around, I reconnected with all these people from high school and from college and, and. Now I, I'm following, you know, I don't know how many guys are on the Facebook page from our, our fraternity, but uh, I, I can kind of see what's going on in their lives now and comment back and forth, you know, through that. So I think that's really cool. It's the only thing I really use it for is to keep in touch with people I otherwise wouldn't, probably wouldn't make the effort to keep in touch with because if it was a manual process, you know, with stamps and writing. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, back in, uh, gosh, uh I think that's that is the revolution of the the you know computer age, where uh, yeah. or the telecom age, or you called social networking age. That's probably more right. Like that right. in the old days, if you even go back to, uh, uh, you don't have to go back that far, but maybe the early part of the 20th century, when people came over here to the United States, that was it. You never saw them. Yeah, you know, when someone came over here from the mother country. They didn't. They didn't go back and visit if they were working class. They didn't have the money to go and book passage. That was right. They th- right. threw all their money in there, and every so often, you know, might they may strike it rich, and maybe they could go back. But now, you, you, my, my uh, wife who's Polish, she talks to her sister in Spain and her sister in Poland, and uh, yeah, all the time, every almost every day, face to face. Where people, even if you live across town, if you think about it, a uh, hundred and 40 years ago, it was a pretty big deal when someone moved you know, out of town. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, look, even when I, when I moved to Hawaii, you know, that was a big move for me to go from Philadelphia all the way to Hawaii. Yeah. And it was, you know, making a, that's a long distance phone call and they didn't have long distance phone plans. You know, you didn't have cell phones. Were you, uh, were you dating anybody before you went to Hawaii? No, I wasn't, but I did meet somebody out there. No, wouldn't that be kind of funny if you said it? You're going like this, I'm getting a job in Hawaii. Uh, you know, we can still stay together. We'll just <laughs> – that's more than well, bi-coastal. No, I, actually, no, I, was, I wasn't dating somebody, but I had gone on a couple of dates with this girl I met. Um, and I took her, I took her out on a 
couple of days, a couple of dinners here and there, and it seemed like things were going well. And then one night I was driving her home, um, and I kind of brought up that, hey, I got this opportunity in Hawaii, uh-huh. and I was thinking of maybe maybe moving there. And she she didn't say anything, but then I got dropped her off, and then when I called her up for like the next date, she wasn't taking my calls anymore. <laughs> oh, but- she must, have figured, she must have figured no future with this guy. He's talking about moving out of the city. Right? <laughs> That's why I get a kick out when it when I see a science fiction uh, story and a guy's dating a girl on another planet, and then uh, goes, "I'll be back," you know, yeah. like that. I'll be back. That's yeah. another planet. <laughs> yeah, you know, they go away or in Star Trek, and they go, "Oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go." Getting, I, I, I never understood. Uh, I know people do it, but people that have to leave the country for jobs to get married. Well, I did that when I went to Asia. Yeah, but I wasn't no, married. No, no, to, get, to and get, get married and then leave the country. They have a job that leaves the country? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Different. Yeah. What, what are you, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you could probably be successful, but that's that's a lot of work. That's a lot of and work. And look, but, you have to you – know, look, but if the woman's – well, sometimes not always the woman. If the man – sometimes the woman gets the job and the man has to go. But if everybody's in agreement and you can make it work, then you do it. But you you got to talk about it. You can't just – Say, oh, by the way. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Pat? I I, I had no problem leaving because I was single. Well, you know what? Let's keep this to Delta Iota because I want to talk a whole bunch uh, next time about your jobs in uh, uh, Hawaii and Asia in in, uh, in Macau. Yeah. You know? So uh, we'll save that for another time. Because I don't want, All right, I want well, to... let me go back to Delta Iota. I got a story that we could tell. I was, well, let's hear speaking it. Speaking of Kavanaugh's, speaking of Kavanaugh's back, I used to go in there all the time as an underage, you know, drinker. And then the one time that they uh, they raided the bar, state police came in. They raided the bar. They had us all sitting there. They didn't cuff us or anything, but nobody could move. They turned on all the lights. Nobody could move. And one by one, they sat us down and they questioned us and asked for our IDs. And I was, I was 21 at the time, but uh-huh. I didn't have a driver's license because I had never really gotten a driver's license up to that point because I didn't really need one. I was living on campus and, uh-huh. and whatnot. So I had no ID with my birthday on, like a legal ID. And the guy's questioning me, and he's, he, they were sending people to lockup, and they're going to have the parents come and get him. And I'm like, dude, I'm 21 years old. He's like, well, you don't have an ID. I said, yeah, but I'm 21 years old. And the card that I played was... My mother worked for the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board, and the enforcement arm of the LCB was the state police, but it was technically answered to the LCB. And my mother was nobody big. She was basically a general manager of a liquor store. Uh-huh. And I told him, I said, I said, if my mother, you know, I said, if my mother's a general manager, I said, you can check it in your books and, and to see that I'm not lying. And I said, her name's Martin Hogan. I said, but I wouldn't be in here as an underage drinker because it would jeopardize her job if I, if I get busted. I, I said, just check it all out. Take all my information down, check it out. So there's no need to put me in lockup. I'm 21. Well, so the guy bought my story. That, so I wasn't lying. Would, I wasn't you, lying, but, yeah. but they let me go. No, well, it was a lie where you said you wouldn't be in here because you jeopardize her job, right? No, but, well, but see, the thing is, I, it, well, that was a lie, but, I, but <laughs> I, I was 21 at the time, so it didn't matter. They okay. didn't bust me when I was there. All those years I was there drinking – Underage, they never busted the place. They waited yeah. until I was twenty-one to come in. I I uh, I have a Pagano story. Uh, 
It was uh, it was twenty five cent hot dogs and beer night at Pagano's. Oh, nice. Yeah, I forget. I think it was like a. Uh, it was a freshman year. So I went down there, and I'm talking to this. Uh, well, I thought she was beautiful at the time, this brunette, and she was in this tight leather skirt, sitting at the bar, having a drink, and I. I sat up there with my Heineken. I went right up there and went to talk to her. As soon as I went, I knocked the beer over and went right fucking on her lap. <laughs> nice. The first thing, yeah. Uh, that was my that was my move. And I just spun <laughs> that chair around and walked away. <laughs> right there. I just I was like up, back, and the guys, I don't know if I was I don't even know if I I had to be with some guys, but they were just amazed that I was walking up to somebody. Yeah. They thought I think at that time they thought I was like a superhero. I, I think because of the guys, the guys who used to hang out with kind of were kind of nerdy. If, so. if that girl has a podcast, she's telling a story about, yeah, it was at Pagano's one night, and this asshole spilled a beer on me. He just <laughs> turned around and walked away, didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was me. <laughs> uh, I, I confess. Well, Pat, I think we had uh, a pretty good show here. It's 45 minutes. It's about 47 minutes, yeah. Four, okay, well, no, 45 minutes we started recording. Yeah, okay. This is here. You don't know that on this end. So I'm going to yeah. say goodbye right now. Wait, wait. we'll just listen to music. Maybe I'll say we'll be quiet. We say our goodbyes, and I'll talk to you later. Hey, are you coming down on Saturday? No, I got a delivery coming that I wasn't prepared for. Okay. They called me today. Okay, that, just to remember, though, all the, all the, you know, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, okay? I will. Okay, buddy. Uh, this is uh, Jim the Keith Bartender, and here with Pat Hogan. Thank you, Pat Hogan. My pleasure. Do it again. Talk about bartending next time. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.